0: Listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored that you are with us. At Christ Church, we believe God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. At Christ Church, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, and our faith as we journey together through the Bible, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the healing love of God bless you today. Thank you for joining us here. So then Jesus, he said to them, his disciples, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, and that is that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, they must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds so that they understood the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and the forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And see, I I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord. Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, as you promised, disciples of Christ, send your power from on high upon us this day. Open our minds to understand your word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our rock and redeemer, Amen. So hark, hark! It's not a word that we really use much these days. That word hark, when's the last time you used hark? Like when you answer, like call somebody on the phone and they answer hark. (laughs) We don't really use that word much anymore. It kind of fell out of favor at the end of the last century, but it means listen. I've got something to say. Listen up. It's the coach blowing the whistle to gather the team up for a huddle. Hark, I've got something to say. Now, I told the kids earlier that one of my favorite uh, comics is, is uh, Peanuts, Charlie Brown. Um, I, whenever I hear the word hark, I think of this particular Peanuts cartoon. Does anybody remember this one? Um, I think it was 1963, and then it was turned into a, a second Christmas special. Uh, and Sally goes to her brother, Charlie Brown, and she tells him that she has a part In the Christmas play, she has a single line. Uh, She's going to be an angel, uh, and she explains that all she has to do is that after the sheep have finished dancing, she comes out and says, "Hark!" That's her. That's her only line. And then she says, and then Harold Angel starts to sing. And Charlie Brown sees confused. He said, "Harold Angel?" She says, "It's right here in the script." Now, Sally, as she's preparing for the play, she lives in mortal dread of getting on the stage and forgetting that one single line. She practices it over and over and over again. And finally, it's the night of the play. Charlie Brown, his buddy Linus there in the audience. The sheep, they finish their dance. Sally with her golden hair and her big angel wings, walks out onto the stage. The spotlight is on her. She gathers herself and she says, hockey stick. (laughs) Charlie, Brown, and Linus say, hockey stick. It's funny, the next day, uh, Charlie's on the phone telling somebody about this embarrassment and the doorbell rings, he goes to the door, a little boy, he says, hi, is Sally home? My name is Harold Angel. It's uh, some really ironic casting that Harold Angel got cast in the part of the play as the heralding angel. We can only guess that the song that he would then come out and sing would be "Hark the Herald Angel Sings." That famous Christmas carol was written in the eighteenth uh, by the eighteenth century pastor, preacher, theologian, the prolific hymn writer named Charles Wesley. He was a leader of the formation of the Methodist Church. In addition to his influential roles as a musician and church leader, Charles Wesley is also known in his time as a passionate evangelist and an outdoor preacher, Charles, he felt that the news of the gospel was so good, it was too good to keep it to himself, to be confined in church buildings. So he took it outside. In just five years of outdoor preaching, Charles Wesley reached over 150,000 people. Often crowds of tens of thousands would show up to be part of these outdoor services. He recognized in 1700s that there was a hunger in the people for something meaningful and true. And that was the good news of Jesus Christ. And so he took that message out to them. So Wesley published uh, the Christmas Day hymn Hark! The Herald Angel Sings, in 1739, and that's the same year that he began his outdoor ministry. And you can hear, I think, when we sing this carol, the spirit of urgency urgency in, in announcing the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It makes sense that a song like Hark! The Herald Angel Sings would come from the mind of a man who had the mission of announcing the gospel on his heart. Hark is a call for all of us to pay attention, listen up for this special announcement. A herald is an official messenger bringing news. Think about all of the newspapers with herald in the title. The Miami Herald, the Bucks County Herald a herald brings us the news, and the angels have come with a message. In the imagination of Charles, the, the angels were singing messengers. Several years ago, a friend and mentor, uh, the late theologian David Bartlett, he gave a series of lectures at Yale addressing this question. So what's good about this news? We have a message, one which casts us all in the part of Lucy in the Christmas play, proclaiming, hark, listen up. We have something important to share, something good, something that we believe will not only change your life, but will change our whole community. We believe that that prayer request we're gonna pray for about an end of violence in our community. We believe there's something about this news which will directly affect that prayer. It will change the world. But what's exactly good about the message that we share? What's good about Christmas? The bumper stickers, they proclaim that Jesus is the reason for the season. But I want to say he's born more than the reason for just the season. Jesus is more than the reason behind our beautiful Christmas tree. Jesus is more than the reason behind greeting cards and decorations and cookies and presents. That's not what the angels tore a hole in heaven to tell us urgently, sounding all the alarm bells, that Jesus is just the reason for whatever we are feeling this particular season. It's a message that if we come and say, hark, then we've got everybody's attention. What follows must be worth sounding that alarm. It's a message so potent that Charles Wesley had to go outside to share it. And that actually got him kicked out of his church. He kept preaching outside Because he thought this news was too good to keep contained in church buildings for just church people. So, after the gospel grabs our attention, this carol grabs our attention, it tells us what the angels have to share, what's just happened. The angel sings, Glory to the newborn king, which is a command, actually, for us to praise. When Wesley first wrote the hymn, he, he wrote the words to say, glory to the king of kings. And it was his friend, George Whitfield who changed it to glory to the newborn king. Charles didn't like that edit, but both phrases are true because born to us is not only a baby king, but the king of kings. Lord of all, king of all earthly kings, king over all presidents and governments and political parties and industries and religions, king over all, where some of our other beloved Christmas carols go to great lengths to describe the silent night, the round yon virgin, the cattle, Lowing the sweet little baby asleep on the hay. Wesley marches us right out of the manger scene to point to the heavens and this host of angels and the rising sun of righteousness, reminding us of the transcendent power of this singular moment in time which impacts every nation in the world. We cannot simply peek in the manger and admire the sweet little child and then go about our Christmas shopping. We are to join the triumph of the skies and with the angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. We're no longer simply those who have heard. Our hearing of this particular news must transform us from passive listeners and observers to fellow proclaimers with the heavenly host. We each have a part to play in the story. As we reach the end of 2021, the number of Americans who believe there is something holy about this Christmas season, it's smaller than it's been in any of our lifetimes. We had a time that we called Christendom when the nation was dominated by the Christian faith and and culture was intertwined with Western Christianity, that time is over. But what is not over, what will never come to an end, is the truth of what was revealed in Bethlehem. Today, we have the opportunity to not simply enjoy the vaguely Christian flavor of the holiday season and shake our fists reminding folks on Facebook about the real reason for the season. We have the opportunity to let this news transform us from those who simply look upon the manger and believe the child there is somehow God, to be transformed into those who live completely out of that reality that this news changes everything and to act accordingly. As the carol tells us, the birth of Jesus is not simply a special domestic scene, but Christ the Savior, Christ adored by the highest heaven, Christ the everlasting Lord that has come to us. We have heard this news that veiled in flesh, the Godhead we see. Which is to say, wearing the flesh and blood of a newborn baby, the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is right there. Veiled in flesh is our creator, the one who put the sun in the sky, who set the birds in the air and filled the sea with with tuna fish and, and great white sharks who put his breath into you, into me, gave us life. Here on earth is the incarnate deity, God in flesh. What is miraculous, what is good, is that God comes to us to experience the fullness of the life that that you have lived. God to experience what what we go through, that God experiences... uh, the sickness, God experiences the violence of our neighborhood, God experiences the joy and delight of a marriage, that God knows what we feel. That is the remarkably good news. It's not because God had to, but as we will soon sing, God is pleased, pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. There was a time when news like this brought wise men from far lands that made insecure emperors mad with fear and rage, that brought angels out of the heaven and shepherds out of their fields. There was a time when news that God has come to reconcile us made fishermen leave their nets and brought sick people out of their beds in hopes of healing and brought a dead little girl and Lazarus back to life. There was a time when the glory of this day set hearts on fire. And beloved, that time, well, that time can be now. That promise is for us today The hope is real for each of us when we truly receive the power of this news. Friends, I am so glad that you are here today for me to tell you that what what Zephaniah said a long time ago, it's true today. That the Lord has taken away the judgments of the world against you. That that you are free to move on from from hurts and failures and disappointments of your past. That The Lord is in your midst, and so you don't need to fear disasters. I'm glad you're here today to hear the news that God in Christ is our earthly savior. And that he will deal with oppressors. He'll deal with that. He will save the troubled. He will gather the outcasts because there is a place for them here in this family of Christ. And he will change whatever shame we carry. He will replace it with praise. And at that time, says the Lord, at this time, I will bring you home home to a people of God, home to a community of faith, home to an earth where God is alive and at work, bringing about peace on earth and mercy, mercy mild. The newborn king whom we adore became Christ, crucified and raised from the dead. We've got the announcement of his birth on that window We've got his ascension on the rear window. But before that moment, before he ascended back into heaven, he told us that it is now our call to proclaim the good news in our own day, news that, that change is possible, that sins are forgiven, that peace on earth is still our great hope. Christ tells us, you're witnesses of these things. And see, I'm sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay, stay here until you have been clothed with power from on high. He's so much more than the reason for the season. He is the reason we have life. He's the reason we have eternal life. He's the reason for beauty and goodness in the world. God is the reason that we know what love feels like. He's the reason that the sun rises and the rains fall and the seasons change. He's the reason for our hope and our salvation. He's the reason for our community. He's reason enough for us all to sing, Hail. Hail. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. And, And mild he lays his glory by. Born so that we no more may die. Born to raise us from the earth. Born to give us second birth. And to him be the glory. Amen.